Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have so much fun because we're going to be talking about how to make sure that your business can survive a crisis, how to even build a business. Maybe you've got a business and you need to make it, shall we say, and shall we know we need to do this grow. You know, all of these various things. We're going to have so much fun today talking with Tony Guarnaccia. So welcome, Tony. Hi, thanks for having me here today. So excited to be on your show. Great. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Tony Guarnaccia is widely recognized as an authority on digital marketing and has grown over 10,000 small businesses and a dozen Fortune 500 companies, including ADP, Ford, and Auto Nation. Tony has managed over $400 million in advertising spend and in 2009 earned the prestigious title of holy schmoly Google Partner of the Year. Later, Tony returned to his entrepreneur roots and founded Big Fish Results, Results Trained, and the Results Club to bring the same strategy, tactics, and resources normally reserved for larger enterprises to small business. He believes that by growing small businesses, together we can impact not only just our local communities, but also our world. So again, Tony, welcome. Thanks so much. Great, great. Well, I always like to have people tell us a little bit about how they got to where they are today and how they discovered their passion in life. So you've got a very interesting story about where you, you know, how you've gotten here. So give us a little bit of, of that. Yeah. So my story and my really mission and purpose in life started when I was just 12 years old. Okay. And so I, uh, bake, uh, my uh, parents had a bakery mm-hmm. and, uh, they were amazing bakers, you know, the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, they know what they know about growing a business. Right. And so uh, our bakery at the age of 12, it failed, mm-hmm. lost mm-hmm. everything, lost oh, no. the, the house, mm-hmm. the car, even had to give my dog to uh, one of my older sisters. And mm-hmm. so it was a real challenging time. Mm-hmm. And that kind of set the presence, though, mm-hmm. of where I was going to go. Because mm-hmm. I remember sitting in a basement because I had to move into my my oldest sister's basement mm-hmm. until we kind of regrouped. And I remember sitting there doing my homework and and, and thinking, you know, this is not my plan. I'm not, right. This is not for mm-hmm. me, you mm-hmm. know? And so that kind of always sat with me uh, up until this day even. Mm-hmm. And so years later, uh, we did regain our footing. Mm-hmm. I went to college and studied business mm-hmm. and uh, part of my entrepreneurship, as a matter of fact. And mm-hmm. then uh, as part of my graduation, I had to write a business plan. And so I wrote a business plan for one of the first online bakeries. Ah. So looking back now, I'm kind of realizing it was kind of like a redemption type story. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I went back, started uh, a bakery, and we were the first bakery that could take, and probably the only, I don't even think people do this today, but I could take a cake, mm-hmm. uh, put a photo on it, mm. like the photo cakes you see mm-hmm. in the grocery stores, right. and mail it anywhere in the country. Wow. And have it arrive, arrive perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, it was so innovative. Nobody had anything like it. Mm-hmm. People really used it for two purposes. One, as a gift, you know, your kids mm-hmm. in college, you mail right. them a cake with fluffy right. on it. You ship them say, this cool cake. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then we also did a promotional products company. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to put logos of, you know, Microsoft, mm-hmm. IBM, Oracle, all these amazing, amazing companies mm-hmm. we ended up shipping cakes to. And also celebrities, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Lopez, Jay-Z. I remember thinking, you know, at this point, further on, I was in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wow, you know, entrepreneurship yeah. is easy. Uh-huh. Uh, what were my parents mi- missing? And that's mm-hmm. when I realized how they mess up. How mm-hmm. they mess up. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that I didn't know what I didn't know about growing a business mm-hmm. and lost everything again. Mm-hmm. So uh, thankfully, I have lots of sisters. <laughs> I had to move. <laughs> I had to move in my other sister's basement mm-hmm. with my with my wife. I was newly married. Ooh. Had a baby on the way, mm-hmm. and I said to myself, you know. I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but who does? 
Mm-hmm. And that's what started me on my journey for over a decade, working with some of the best companies in the world, mm-hmm. because I wanted to go work with them, mm-hmm. really learn what they did. And then mm-hmm. ultimately, I later went back to mm-hmm. um, to kind of my entrepreneurial roots, as mm-hmm. we mentioned, to help others mm-hmm. based off of what I learned working with these great companies like Google and ADP and Ford, all these mm-hmm. amazing companies. Right. I love it. And, you know, it's, it, it was interesting reading your information because, you know, it's, it's out there, warts and all. Um, you know, a lot of business owners would never want anybody to know that they hadn't been successful. And of course, we learn the most quite often from when we fail, um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and of course the thing that we learn that we hopefully learn is not to do that again. Um, but sometimes we do. I mean, you know, there are yeah. things that happen. And, you know, and, and so you've, you've built this great business and you've got several books out and you have one that, that's getting ready to, to come out. But, you know, I noticed on your website, you talk about how to democratize marketing yes. and that really caught my attention. So tell me more about what you mean about that. Yeah. So the idea of democratized marketing really starts before even that concept. It starts with what I call the marketing revolution. Okay. And so if you look at, you know, years ago, 40, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. or even sooner, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, advertising, marketing uh, used to be easier. Right. You run an ad in a paper, boom, right. you get some business. There was one paper, there were two one, TV stations, right? Exactly. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, your broadcast comes, it gets mm-hmm. more complicated. Mm-hmm. You get cable where there's you know more and more channels mm-hmm. and you know things are getting more and more complex. Then all of a sudden, what happens? You mm-hmm. have the internet right. and it's so much that you need a directory, Yahoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back right. if you if anyone remembers this, mm-hmm. you need Yahoo to organize it. Then mm-hmm. you have search engines, Alta Vista, like us, all these, when, mm-hmm. which is where I started. I started mm-hmm. way back in the late 90s working right. with those. Uh, and then all of a sudden you have Google come along, mm-hmm. more and more complications, mm-hmm. right? Then all of a sudden you have social media. So people mm-hmm. are creating their own content. So there's mm-hmm. even more exponentially more mm-hmm. content out there. And then today, it's where not just the content is produced at exponential scale, the mm-hmm. consumption of it is as well. Right. So now as a small business owner or even a big company, mm-hmm. you're not just competing with your competitors, you're competing for attention. Mm-hmm. You're competing against Netflix and YouTube right. and Amazon. So how do you stand out? And so these are all the fundamental problems mm-hmm. and, and democratizing marketing addresses those, which they're really three primary ones. Mm-hmm. Number one, there's so much out there that, that, it's really hard to stand out and it's hard to choose which channel will work. Right. I call that fragmentation. Mm-hmm. So things get more and more fragmented mm-hmm. as time evolves. Secondly, once you find a channel that actually works, so say there's a million channels, you found the mm-hmm. one that actually works. Right. How, how do you actually stand out? Mm-hmm. Because then you have a messaging problem because mm-hmm. there's so much clutter. Mm-hmm. So, and it, although there's so, so many channels, even within the channels, it's mm-hmm. busy. So it's cluttered. Mm-hmm. And then the final one, which, you know, maybe I can get past the first one. I find something that works. Mm-hmm. Maybe I get set past the second challenge, which, you know, I have a message that stands out. The third one that mm-hmm. can get me is the technology. Right. So now I have to need code and websites mm-hmm. and pixels and data and tracking. Mm-hmm. So how does the average small business owner mm-hmm. have a chance? Right. Even the big companies. I mean, I, I was at a Harvard uh, se- uh, seminar uh, with some of the top CMOs in the country. Mm-hmm you know, big, big, you know, Oracle, mm-hmm. Dunkin' Donuts, all these amazing uh, brands. And even the CMOs were a little nervous. Now this was right. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but they, they didn't really know what was going on either. And so my whole idea of democratizing marketing is to, is to help empower the small businesses to overcome mm-hmm. those challenges so okay. that it's more of a le- level playing field. Right. Right. You know, and it is complicated if you're a small business owner, because first of all, you're just trying to do your business. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're doing whatever it is that you do. But then when you're trying to figure out, should I be on Facebook? Should I do a billboard? Should I do a direct mail pace? You know, what about my website? I mean, all these various things. And so what happens is analysis or uh, paralysis by analysis, right? You end up not doing anything. So how do you work with businesses for them to figure out how to get through that clutter? Yeah. So the, the fundamental challenge really can be broken down to another, another framework I created, which I learned, you know, I mentioned this before, uh, before we jumped on here about my mother and the Mm -hmm. lessons I learned about Mm -hmm. how to overcome any challenge. Mm -hmm. And so what she taught me, uh, through her battle with polio, Mm -hmm. you know, at first she wasn't able to, you know, this is in the manifesto I talked about before, Mm -hmm. but uh, at first she couldn't walk and her vision mm-hmm. was to be able to wear high heels someday. That was mm-hmm. always kind of what was in her mind. Mm-hmm. 
And Every so, little you know, girl wants to do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But when you can't walk, mm-hmm. <laughs> even more of a challenge. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the when she was at the hospital, they, they started off with, you know, exercises to grow mm-hmm. her strength. Mm-hmm. She was able to, um, you know, work with clay mm-hmm. and, and that improved her nervous system to mm-hmm. the point where she was able to then go in a pool, build some strength, mm-hmm. and then finally walk between two poles. Mm-hmm. And what I learned from her is something that I apply today. And mm-hmm. what she taught me was to accomplish anything. You mm-hmm. have to be able to break things down. Right. And that was kind of the, the building blocks that mm-hmm. helped me build the systems I built today. Mm-hmm. But I kind of took it to another level when I realized it's not just knowing you know, how to do things or, or it's really three things are necessary. You have to identify what has to be done. Mm-hmm. So the what has to be done mm-hmm. and you have to understand it. So know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you have to actually take action. Right. And so whatever challenge you're facing in business or in life, mm-hmm. but specific to business, because we're talking about that, mm-hmm. you have to first identify what needs to be done, mm-hmm. understand how to do it and then take action. Right. Most small business owners, from my experience, focus on the how. Mm-hmm. How do I do PR? How do right. I do a podcast? How do I do mm-hmm. SEO? Without first asking the question, what do I have to do? And right. more importantly, why am I doing yeah. it? Yeah. Do I even need to? Correct. And in the, in the corporate world, what they call that, and which is why I never talk about this till later on, mm-hmm. but, the, but the crazy scary word is, is strategic planning. Mm-hmm. You know, most enterprises, if you go and work with them, which I have, Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be in a room with 20 people, mm-hmm. have a spreadsheet, 20 tabs long, mm-hmm. and they're going to work for weeks on a time, figuring out what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Contingency plans. If this happens, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. If that happens, we're going to do that. And the sad thing is most business owners spend more time playing their vacation, <laughs> mm-hmm. their birthday, right. their weddings, mm-hmm. than they do their life and their business. Mm-hmm. And so I create a framework to help make that much mm-hmm. easier so anyone can do it. And so right. that's my solution for this challenge mm-hmm. to kind of circle back to your original question. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do with the fragmentation, the clutter mm-hmm. and all that? You have to have a strategic plan. Right. And that's right. why I call it the results. Loop. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and so many times what we do is the bright, shiny object. You know, yeah. whatever is latest and greatest, we're going to try. Um, you know, and, and the bad part is by doing that, we're getting rid of sometimes because, you know, money and time are finite. And so we might be getting rid of great ways or the perfect way, even that we were reaching our customers to go after whatever the next bright, shiny object is. Um, You know, I focus a lot on social media and, you know, people, you know, TikTok is, you know, one of the, one of the latest and greatest. Nope, not going to do it. I mean, you know, it, it looks fun and I would go down that rabbit hole, um, you know, and, and, and there, there I'd be lost. And, and, you know, or I have business owners who come up to me and they say, well, when we could actually meet in person and they would say, oh my gosh, I need to be on LinkedIn. I need to be on Facebook. I need to be on Instagram. I need to be on Twitter. And I need to, blah, 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 blah. you know, and I tell them, no, stop. Right. One. Pick one and, you know, and I tell them, pick the one that you like to start with. Um, Now, it might not be the best one, but because they like it, they're going to enjoy it more, maybe. Um, But, but yeah, you know, we, we, we need to learn, like you said, we, we need to take it in a small chunk because if we're going to do all social media, you can't. I mean, you know, there's, right. there's just absolutely no way. Same with any of the, the things, um, you know, now that probably the first thing that, you know, from a marketing perspective that somebody really needs to do is a website. You know, you need to, to be, but it can be basic. I mean, it doesn't have to be this 900 page thing that answers everything. It can be one page, um, depending on what you do. Maybe you just need to say, here's what I do and here's how to reach me. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and and going back to my mother's story, that's mm-hmm. kind of the that's where I came up with the name for my book. Mm-hmm. So the book is Small Steps to Grow right. Profit. So my mother mm-hmm. epitomized that. Like she mm-hmm. literally had to take small steps right. to be able to mm-hmm. walk today. Mm-hmm. But it's the same lesson we can all apply to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Just take one little thing mm-hmm. and make progress in that one little area each day. By the end of the year, you'll mm-hmm. have exponential growth. Right. You know, you have to just take the small steps every mm-hmm. day. That way you're not getting overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And that way you're actually making progress each and every day towards your goal. Right. You know, it's, it's fun. I always ask my uh, guests to provide me with a quote. I'm going to get my paper out here just so that I make sure I read it right. And normally I don't read them on the air because we've, we've used them as promotion, but I love this. And it, it's so great because it, it's exactly what we're talking about here. Because you say in order to grow, yes, you may need to slow down in order to speed up. And I, right. I love that concept. So tell us, you know, I mean, that's, that is what we're talking about because when you 
are doing things, you know, a step at a time, yeah. you're having to slow down. Yeah. So that lesson I learned, which is similar to what my mother taught me, but I learned it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So when I was in college, I mentioned before I studied entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. I was also a music major. Mm -hmm. And so at the conservatory, I studied violin. Mm. And so I was uh, learning from one of the great violinists <laughs> today. You know, he played at Carnegie Hall and it's got recordings with Sony, wow. the whole mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, I'm what, 19 years old or something. I'm learning one of the more difficult violin pieces called the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto. Mm -hmm. And so I, here I am playing this and me, which is a lot like us today, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to skip over the hard notes and just right. get down to the fun stuff, the mm -hmm. melodies. Let me play that. And mm -hmm. then I'm going to skirt over the hard stuff again. Mm -hmm. And I remember my teacher teaching me that you have to slow down. You have to mm -hmm. play each note very diligently, right. learn it, and then speed it up. And mm -hmm. then you're actually going to get to where mm -hmm. you want to be. Otherwise, you're just fluffing it and you're never yeah. actually going to be able to play the piece mm -hmm. to any kind of level. And so that's what I learned from him is what mm -hmm. I apply to everything I do, mm -hmm. both in business and in life. Because mm -hmm. when you slow down, you take a moment. And this goes mm -hmm. you know, from business perspective, back to the idea of strategic planning. Right. You have to have a strategy and a plan. Mm -hmm. you know, most people don't want to do that mm -hmm. because you know, it's expensive. Right. A lot of time, maybe. Or we do how. it and it sits on the bookshelf behind us, right? Exactly. In the big fancy binder that gets more dust than anything. Exactly. And that's when I, I thought, okay, how do I fix that problem? Mm -hmm. And so what that's why, you know, going back to results loop, that's why I created that because mm -hmm. I wanted to create a system that's easy to understand, simple to execute, that anyone can mm -hmm. do. And I literally think I accomplished that because before the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. my daughter is a Girl Scout. Mm -hmm. I actually took her Girl Scout troop through the results loop mm -hmm. and they were able to dramatically increase their Girl Scout cookie sales. Cool. Going through this process. So it's mm -hmm. any, my point is anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and these yeah, except girls, Girl Scouts are pretty smart. They're, they're, well, you know what's so <laughs> I, what's amazing about the Girl Scouts though, they all are entrepreneurs at heart. Right. I would say probably 50, 60% mm -hmm. of them, when I mm -hmm. asked them, hey, would you ever want to do your own business? Mm -hmm. It was amazing because so many of them did. Mm -hmm. And and I would what we did while well, I did this Girl Scout cookie, I had them do a second results loop mm -hmm. and they made one for a cookie business. Another mm -hmm. one did like a bakery, a pet mm -hmm. shop, a veterinarian. It was so fascinating to see passion just at that young mm -hmm. age of mm -hmm. what you can do. And they already have a game plan on mm -hmm. how to get there. Right. You know, and, and, and for the most part, it won't be what they end up going into, yeah. but you've already set that foundation. Yes. Um, you know, and I think that's the other thing that so many people forget when we get caught up in this squirrel wheel or, you know, hamster wheel, I guess it would be of following the next bright, shiny object is yeah. we forget the basics. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I'm always asking people is who is your perfect client or not even yes. your perfect client? You know, who, who is your ideal, you know, all yeah. those various things. And, you know, I always love it when they look at me and they smile sweetly and they say, everyone. Yes. And it's yes. like, no, no. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't care what business you are. Everyone is not your, your client. Doesn't right. matter what you have. There's still the, the perfect thing that, you yeah. know, or the, the perfect person, whether it's age, whether it's sex, whether it's demographics, you know, all, or, you know, that is demographics, but, you know, all of those various things. And so that's part of that slow down, you know, stop yeah. and figure out who the heck you're trying to, to contact and, and reach. Yeah. That's actually the first step within the results loop is mm -hmm. to identify your markets. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think where people get stuck sometimes is they don't know how to do that. So you mentioned right. a couple of areas you, mm -hmm. you look at, uh, you know, their demographics, et cetera. Uh, what I found, there's a couple of ways that makes it really simple. Mm -hmm. You can start with your, your customers you have today. So the mm -hmm. first thing I usually have people do is go through, make a list and just find any similar characteristics. Mm -hmm. You know, do they have a similar need? Mm -hmm. You know, do they have, are they in a similar location? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they're uh, in one zip code versus mm -hmm. another, you know, uh, is there uh, you know, demographics do mm -hmm. make sense. You know, can you segment it that way, but always starting from there mm -hmm. and keeping in mind that what you do is you're solving a problem. Right. So what people are buying is not your product and service, but the end mm -hmm. result of what that product or service delivers. Mm -hmm. so start there and say, okay, what are they actually buying? Is mm -hmm. there a difference? Because right. no matter what, you know, like you said, it could be the most kind of ubiquitous product, Coca-Cola, mm -hmm. right? You're right. in Georgia, mm -hmm. Coca-Cola. You would think they have the whole market, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has Coke. Well, guess right. what? There's Pepsi, yeah. which yeah. is huge. So I mean, there are people who will not drink a Coca-Cola. You know, they go into a restaurant and they're told, you know, they say, I'd like a Pepsi. And they say, we have Coke. They're like, no, I yeah. have water. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you do not have the whole, so mm-hmm. even they have to segment their market in some mm-hmm. way. So that's the first step because not only will it help you uh, accomplish your goals better because you can perceive it, you, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you can't accomplish something you can't even define. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to first define mm-hmm. what that is, but then also your marketing becomes more mm-hmm. powerful because you're speaking to that audience. Right. Everything starts with your markets. Mm-hmm. And then married to that is factor number two, which are your products and services. Mm-hmm. So those are very closely married. And one of the secrets to growth depending on what you want to do, whether mm-hmm. you want to pivot or where you want to scale, you want to, uh, what I do is I do what's called the Ansoft matrix. Mm. So uh, I combine the markets on a, a table mm-hmm. compared to the uh, products and services. Mm. And I say, okay, what new products can mm-hmm. I give to new markets? Mm-hmm. What existing products can I give to new mm-hmm. markets? What existing products can I give to existing mm-hmm. markets? And so you make this little four right. quadrant mm-hmm. and it kind of gives you a way to brainstorm mm-hmm. how you can grow next. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and as you were saying this, I was thinking Girl Scout cookies is is yeah. a great example of this yeah. because, you know, first of all, not everybody likes cookies, you know, gas. Yeah. But yeah, not everybody likes cookies. But, you know, like you were saying, sometimes it's what they're getting, you know, so it's not just that they're getting the cookie. They're helping the girls. Yeah. You know, when, when they're telling me, okay, for every box you buy, we donate a box. I mean, you know, all yeah. of the, or, or I don't even have to take the cookies. Maybe I don't like cookies, right. um, but I can buy cookies to, to be donated. A lot of times they send them overseas, yeah. things like that. So that's Absolutely. great. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and, uh, but, but it's funny because anytime I have, you know, especially a child, you know, if they're, if they're going to set now, I am, I am a Girl Scout, if you can't tell, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lifetime member. Um, have oh, I been perfect. active? No, but, um, but I, you know, way back I sold cookies. Yeah. Um, and, but I have this philosophy, whether you're selling me cookies, whether you're selling me magazines, whatever the kid is selling, I almost always make the child talk to me. So it's yeah. not the parent. No, no, I'm not right. buying from the parent. Yeah. Um, and I make them tell me, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. And and it's so funny because you get such a variety of answers. And usually if they can give me any answer at all, I'm I'm happy. But you know, because sometimes they're like, hey, we're going on a trip. You know, or you know, yeah, yeah. and um, but yeah, you know, or we're buying band uniforms or or whatever it is. But yeah, the child themselves has to be able to to tell me what their goal is. Um, yeah. And I think that's so important when we're, when we're, you know, getting our product ready, you know, what is it that somebody is actually getting from us? Yeah. And where I started with the Girl Scouts is just to give you the actual illustration mm-hmm. with the markets and say, okay, well, who are your markets? Who mm-hmm. do you sell to? Well, they, and they went everybody. They did initially, but then I, I, I just asked a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you start? Mom and dad. Great. Mm-hmm. Do you have a neighborhood? Okay, mark mm-hmm. that down. Uh, someone came up with the idea. Oh, we go outside of the local grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. why this is powerful is a. It makes sure you have a checklist so you don't miss any. Right. But it also mm-hmm. drives uh, brainstorming mm-hmm. because one little girl um, happened to sell a lot through her mother's yoga studio. Ah. And then someone else said, "Well, you know what? My mom also goes to a yoga studio. Mm-hmm. It's a different one." Mm-hmm. Maybe I should go there. So mm-hmm. starting with your markets mm-hmm. is very, very powerful because mm-hmm. it gives you ideas. And when you write it down, mm-hmm. it gives you kind of vision for it. And mm-hmm. then marrying that to your products and services, the question I asked, I said, okay, because I always start where you have success. Mm-hmm. Success is a good indicator of where to go. Right. I said, okay, what are your best-selling products? Well, let's see. Uh, thin mints. Thin mints. Samoas. <laughs> Samoas, right? Uh-huh. So what do you start? What's the first thing you ask someone to buy? And so I'm giving the girls the right. sales scripts. Right. Well, yeah, they've got that. that box of thin mints and they say, do you, they don't say, do you want to buy Girl Scout cookies? Do you want to buy a box of thin mints? Correct. And then the next concept, which we'll talk about later well, mm-hmm. as we go around the loop mm-hmm. of, of increasing lifetime value, mm-hmm. the size, I said, well, you know, once they buy the first cookie, buy, mm-hmm. ask them to buy a second one and maybe mm-hmm. the third one, mm-hmm. but in one of the, the least popular mm-hmm. ones, you know, because right. uh, you, once someone has a pattern mm-hmm. of buying, they want to buy more and more. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the process we started. Mm-hmm. So that's factor number one is your markets. Factor number two is your products and services. Mm-hmm. Right. And then of course there is your messaging um, yes. because that's, that is, and, it, and you know, it does change, you know, when you're selling right. something to mom and dad, there's no message. Mom and dad just buy. It. They know they have to buy a case of cookies. Um, you know, and if you call grandma, grandma's going to buy, you know, a box or two of cookies, you know, whatever. But, but yeah, it it is different slightly. You know, like back when I was selling Girl Scout cookies, yeah. when it, now I grew up in, in the mountains of Colorado. Mm. So, you know, we could go door to door easily. There wasn't problems with that. I went to the ranches. 
because mm. the ranches would buy cases yeah. of cookies and freeze them. Um, you know, and and because they had, you know, that was something that they could easily get out to to feed every day for for the ranch hands, all of those things. And so, you know, that was my message was, you yeah. know, do you want to be able to have something easy to give to uh, the guys when they come in after, you know, branding? You know, you've you've got cookies and milk for them. Um, you know, and, and of course they laughed at that, but they bought the cookies. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so yeah, it's it's a matter of doing that and then fine tuning it. You know, that's the other thing is, or changing it. I mean, yeah. you know, now we back to the cookie thing. I think I think they sell gluten free cookies. I'm pretty sure they did this year. Yeah. Um, but they've had to add some things to 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 keep up with what you know is is going on. Yeah. Well, and that goes into factor number three, which I call value. So value mm-hmm. is the transformation you're you're providing. So again, mm-hmm. people aren't buying your product and services. Right. They're buying the result of them. Mm-hmm. And so from a messaging standpoint, that that's kind of the last stage. Mm-hmm. So the value is kind of what you're actually delivering. Mm-hmm. And there's two really two kinds of value, just mm-hmm. to not to get too deep into this, but there's the real value, mm-hmm. which is the cookie. Right. <laughs> you know, it tastes you good. get the cookie. You get it. Then, eat the cookie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you have the perceived value, mm-hmm. which is everything that's wrapped around that. You right. know, it could be the packaging, mm-hmm. could be the donations, all mm-hmm. that. And so that eventually is what goes into your messaging. Mm-hmm. So that is really critical because to your point, People won't necessarily buy it just for the cookie. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't like cookies, but there's right. other benefits and you want to make sure you're you're expounding mm-hmm. upon those. Right. You know, and it's it's interesting as a as a marketing person to have watched things through the years. I mean, you mentioned Coca-Cola. You might not you, you you've probably seen it, but I don't think you're old enough to remember the original version of when they came out and they all held hands and they sang, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Yes, I remember. Had yeah. nothing yeah. to do with the product. We, we all went, oh, yeah. And we bought Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, Budweiser is probably one of the greatest examples of that. Those horses, those Clydesdales are not selling beer, but they're selling that emotion. Yes. Um, especially when, you know, the little pony runs off or they raise the dog or, you know, all of those, those various things that they've done with the Budweiser commercials. I mean, you know, it's, it's almost like you're un-American if you don't buy Budweiser beer because, you know, you're going against the Clydesdales. How can you do yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah, it's so powerful, and it's the part that really can is can be what drives a campaign to the next level mm-hmm. is having that because you're right. People buy really because of the emotion, and they mm-hmm. justify it from their intellect, right. you know. And so you gotta start with the emotion, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, stories and- are probably the most powerful way to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons I I, I focus a lot on stories mm-hmm. in my manifesto and everywhere mm-hmm. else because mm-hmm. stories really hit that hit mm-hmm. you at a deeper level right. of consciousness and, and help. You know, uh, mm-hmm. from a persuasion perspective, can't be beat. Right, right. Yeah, because even if we personally haven't gone through it, in many cases, we can still, you know, empathize with it, understand it, all of those things. You know, you, you mentioned your mom and, and her polio. Um, you know, you talk a lot about that and how you learn from that. It's not anything that the vast majority of people have gone through, but they have known someone or themselves who have had challenges like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so then they're able to go, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's so powerful because stories just like I said goes down to the deeper level. It mm-hmm. makes you more relatable. It's just that's something I always work with people on is trying to get a story mm-hmm. to don't just tell what you do. And that's been a challenge for me. It's something I've had to learn because mm-hmm. I'm very analytical. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more a dollar. You're a and musician. I mean, yeah, I like mm-hmm. to have you know everything kind of laid out and very mm-hmm. uh, strategic. You know, but I've learned to put more emotion to things and really be more transparent, mm-hmm. which is uncomfortable. Like right. it's not always fun mm-hmm. to say, oh yeah, I was bankrupt and mm-hmm. you know lost everything. But you want to have that because maybe someone else has that problem. Mm-hmm. You can help them out, right? You know, and and that's of course how small business owners because they're going, oh my gosh, I don't have the budget that a Coca Cola would have, or yeah. even that the, the Girl Scouts would have, or anything like that. But that's where they tell those stories. Um, yeah. You know, I remember uh, several years ago I was at a networking thing and. We, you know, we, you had to get up and give your 30 second spiel and, you know, those, those fun little things that we all just, you know, and and you can't even say what the person next to you just said because you weren't paying attention. (laughs) And one of the gentlemen sold life insurance and he got up and he told the story about a friend of theirs. And, and this was true. I mean, you know, he, and of course that's the other thing is, you know, is it true? Is you, are you fudging? I mean, you know, okay, we're, we're not going to get into those details, but this was somebody he actually knew whose husband passed away very suddenly. 
no life insurance because he was young. I mean, you know, you don't stop to think you need life insurance until you're my age. Um, you know, and, and the wife lost everything because there was no life insurance. And I still remember he's telling this story and one solitary little tear because he knew that person. And we're all like, we need life insurance. We need life insurance because we didn't want our family to have to go through the same thing. And, and so that's, that's a great example of how a small business can tell a story. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something very simple. Like, you know, you, you sell widgets and you just tell how that, how that widget solves that problem for a specific person. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you can, uh, what one of the best books I've read on that subject is really Donald Miller, Story mm-hmm. Brand. Mm-hmm. He's got a fantastic framework, which, you know, it's something we all learn in grade school. It's, it's called the hero's journey. Right. But if you can kind of take, you know, your own example, your mm-hmm. story and put it through this framework mm-hmm. or where right. you started, mm-hmm. what was the transformation, mm-hmm. who helped you get there, mm-hmm. all, you know, what happens if you, if you have success, what happens if mm-hmm. you don't, it's very simple and right. you can put together a story, you know, it doesn't have to be a long, long mm-hmm process. You can put it together in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, 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 and obviously you tweak it because, you know, there are, are things, but, and you also don't want to be exploitive. Um, yeah. You know, I, many years ago, I worked for the American Cancer Society and that was one of the things we had to be very careful with when we were sharing stories of, of the, the, the people that, that had cancer, because we didn't want it to, to be like we were taking advantage of them or that yeah. we were exploiting, you know, what they had gone through. Yeah. So, you, you know, we did have to be very careful with that, but, and there were just some where we would say, you know, we, we just can't, um, yeah. you know, and, and, but I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why, it, especially like this time of year, we see, you know, the, the St. Jude's uh, cancer, you know, because oh, you see a little kid that's in the hospital yeah. this time of year, like, okay, how much can I write that? check for. Right. Um, you know, and, and, but, but again, as, as a small business owner, there are ways to tell those stories so that they're, you know, again, people can, can put themselves in your shoes. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's so important. Yeah. Well, you know, now we've got this thing called the pandemic. Um, you know, we were going merrily along businesses were growing (laughs) and, and you're still talking about how to grow your business during a pandemic. And, you know, and I love that concept because I think so many people went, oh, we have to stop. No, no, can't, you know, and now might be the best time to to be doing this. So talk about that. Talk about how, how you're really helping people get through this. Yeah. So the powerful thing about the framework I created is it can be used in any situation. Mm -hmm. So you can use it for scaling, which Mm -hmm. is really originally my thought of why I created it. But it can also be using used for pivoting. And so mm-hmm. I used it myself. And so I have an uh, agency mm-hmm. uh, called Big Fish Results that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And we happen to have a lot of clients in travel mm-hmm. and events. Pretty Ooh. much. Ooh. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Sometimes uh, I always feel like uh, if God wants to teach you a lesson in resilience, mm-hmm. you have to actually go through it yourself. Right. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> and so if I'm going to be teaching about resilient, I have mm-hmm. to myself be a resilient. Mm-hmm. And so I took myself through the results loop. And I said, okay, a lot of the markets were serving or declined because my agency, mm-hmm. we lost, gosh, probably 80% of our revenue right. at least. Mm-hmm. And so we had to pivot. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, what markets are actually growing? Mm-hmm. Well, gee whiz, looks like podcasts are doing okay. Mm-hmm. Looks like virtual whatever is doing mm-hmm. okay. Zoom doesn't seem to be hurting too bad with their stock. No. So mm-hmm. let's go into something virtual. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started. I said, okay, the market I want to serve are people mm-hmm. in virtual. And mm-hmm. then I said, okay, what products or services they need? Well, before all this started, I started doing a lot of guest podcasting like mm-hmm. we're doing here today. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the process was not fantastic mm-hmm. on, on many sides. Right. And so I say, okay, I'm pretty good at marketing. Most people that have podcasts are not good marketers. You mm-hmm. are obviously, but most people, you know, a lot of people do it for hobbies. They just mm-hmm. don't have a marketing background. So that seems like a problem that I can help solve. And I always start with the problem. Like right. You don't want to just start a product mm-hmm. for a product because you mm-hmm. like it. You want to say, okay, what problem am I solving? Mm-hmm. And so I started working with um, people and just building some basic websites. Mm -hmm. I don't usually do websites with my agency. I was doing it personally Mm -hmm. so I can learn what their problems Mm -hmm. are because Mm -hmm. I want, you know, use cases. And so I realized that the booking process can be really difficult with, Mm -hmm. with, you know, scheduling and booking. And there's all these apps that are kind of, you Mm -hmm. know, clung together, but not really you know, there. So it's okay. Maybe I can create a software company. I happen mm-hmm. to know how to program as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a little easier for me. So I said, okay, I'm going to create a software mm-hmm. company that serves podcasters and their guests. Mm-hmm. And so I started there. And then the value proposition, which is my value is why would they work with me right. as opposed to anyone else or mm-hmm. do nothing at all? 
And mm-hmm. so I, I started to identify what's the biggest problem with podcasts. Mm-hmm. Well, most people are doing this as a guest and as a host aren't making any money. Mm-hmm. So how do I make them profitable? So they mm-hmm. actually, and how do I use the system like I have here to actually mm-hmm. have, gosh, this crazy idea, make money off a podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I started that. And then now I'm going through the rest of the So this is how I actually used it for myself mm-hmm. to pivot because where I was at was a declining area. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll come back at some point right. people travel oh, yeah. again. But yeah. right now, there's going to be, and, and it may come back gangbusters because we've all been going, need to travel, need to travel, need exactly. to have an event, need to have an exactly. event. Mm-hmm. But I got to keep the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, put keep the, the house and the mortgage and the mm-hmm. heat on and everything else. I have six kids, so a oh little my. bit more pressure. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, th- I can't play, uh, play around. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I got to come up with a new idea. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I applied it. But these mm-hmm. same principles can be used for anybody. Right. So if you're in a market and it's declined, what other markets? Mm-hmm. You just go through the exercise I mentioned before, mm-hmm. the Ansel matrix and say, okay, mm-hmm. here's the product and services mm-hmm. I have. Can I apply those to existing markets? Mm-hmm. If that's not working, if the existing market you have mm-hmm. now is down, like I had, mm-hmm. change the market. Don't right. like stay there. Don't fight mm-hmm. it. So many people fight against the mm-hmm. tide. What I've always learned where I've had success in the past, you know, years ago, when I, when I first got uh, work with all those great companies I mentioned, mm-hmm. I wrote the SEO wave, you know, mm-hmm. search optimization. Right. Mm-hmm. And later on. That was the, the buzzword. That mm-hmm. was a buzzword. You know, this was in the, I started that mm-hmm. in 1997. It mm-hmm. was when I first started mm-hmm. doing SEO and I was way ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Then I was ahead of the next curve, which is AdWords mm-hmm. and had a huge success there. Google, mm-hmm. you know, agency of the year, et cetera. Then, you know, what, what was the next wave that came mm-hmm. along? Social media. Mm-hmm. Now we have the virtual wave. So mm-hmm. where you want to have success is ride the wave that's there. Like mm-hmm. don't go against the tide because right. a lot of times, even if you're not great at business, mm-hmm. so say this is your first business, you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can have success just because you're in a market that's growing mm-hmm. so much. There's so much demand. Anyone can have success. Right. And so that's kind of how I applied it to myself. But to go back to the framework, I mentioned the results loop, what products and services can you provide your existing markets? Is mm-hmm. that, if that's gone, find new markets, or if mm-hmm. that doesn't work, can you provide new products and services, mm-hmm. which is why I personally did. I said, mm-hmm. okay, agency services are not working in this mm-hmm. particular market. I could have changed the market, but instead mm-hmm. I changed the product and services. Right. And I totally did. So mm-hmm. I did something a little bit more risky in a way. Usually you don't want to necessarily change your products and services and your markets. Mm-hmm. I'm a little crazy because I wanted, the reason I did this actually is I wanted to prove that this system works. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm going to do is grow this business to a million dollars by my birthday, which mm-hmm. is November 16th. And in case anyone wants to send me something <laughs> by, uh, by November 16th, I'm going to grow mm-hmm. this brand new business to a million dollars. And I'm going to do it using my framework. So people mm-hmm. have a, a use study. Right. I want mm-hmm. more people to see how it, exactly. You're not just telling people about it. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. So is there one thing that small businesses should be doing right now that, that they aren't? Well, Again, I want not to sound like a broken record, but I believe they should really have a strategic plan. Okay. It doesn't have to be fancy. It mm-hmm. could be like I have, like if you're on video, if you see me on video, it's just this right here. Mm-hmm. You know, just identify your markets, mm-hmm. the products and services. And then we didn't talk about the right side of the loop, but essentially know how you're going to grow the number mm-hmm. of new buyers, understand how mm-hmm. to increase their value, their lifetime value. So get mm-hmm. them to buy more stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses fail because they get someone to buy something once. Mm-hmm. And their cost for acquiring that customer is too much. Right. And they just don't have anything left. Mm-hmm. So, one of the key things that most businesses do, especially very, very successful enterprises, they have a higher lifetime value. Mm-hmm. Many times that's because they have what's called a recurring revenue model. Right. So people paying them on a, almost like a subscription mm-hmm. basis month over month. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of married together. And then the last one, which is uh, up here, loyalty. Mm. So you want to have people mm-hmm. come back. Right. And loyalty really consists of two things people coming back to you. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, them referring you. Right. They go to Facebook and they say, oh my gosh, Tony is the greatest thing in the world. Yes. And so usually if you're a brand new company, you go around mm-hmm. the loop mm-hmm. and you start with getting new buyers because obviously you don't have any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, but if it's a somewhat established mm-hmm. company, I always start the loop backwards. Mm-hmm. So I start with loyalty because that's usually the lowest hanging fruit mm-hmm. and it's very inexpensive. So if mm-hmm. you don't have a budget, guess what? You can grow by asking for referrals right. or getting people to come back mm-hmm. again. You know, with this pandemic, uh, one of the things I suggested people do is go through your list of contacts, people that haven't bought in years mm-hmm. or people that mm-hmm. were prospects even that didn't mm-hmm. buy five years ago, go back to them. Right. That's a lot of times where low hanging fruit is. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Yeah. I tell people, you know, uh, be reaching out on LinkedIn, um, yep. you know, to find people that you worked with and, and things like that. And and part of it is you might be asking them for a recommendation, but it, more than anything, it's just to to contact them again and yeah. say, hey, what you doing? Um, yeah. You know, is there some way that I can be helping you? Uh, you know, tell me more about what you do, because, you know, depending on how long it's been, they may have changed. So yeah. you can learn something more about them, um, you know, and, and but yeah, I mean, the, the, it, it, the way we do business has, has definitely changed, um, yeah. you know, in, in the last however many months. Um, and and it's it's not going back to the way we used to. It's no. it's going to be kind of a hybrid, um, you know, meeting in person, maybe meeting in groups, maybe. Um, there's going to be so much more online, and I think that's now obviously it depends on what your business is. Um, but that's the thing that I think so many people need to to figure out is how are they going to adapt to all of this, um, you know, to the work from home marketplace. Uh, you know, if, if you sold widgets, then you darn well better be able to get in front of people on on their computer as yeah. opposed to, to going to their door. Because even if you show up there, you know, they might not be there or they might not let you in, um, yeah. you know. And and so that's that's the, the whole pivot thing. I mean, I think people don't quite understand. They think, well, I did business A and I'm doing business B. No, you know, I mean, yeah, there is obviously that, but it's I did business A and now yeah, how am I going to do business A differently? Yeah. Um, you know, we've it's seen that obviously change. with restaurants with, you know, you can't go and sit down anymore. Yeah. So you can do takeout, you can do delivery, you can do drive-through, <coughs> excuse me, all of those things, um, you know, and, and of course, restaurants are one of those examples where for many, I mean, it really is month to month. I don't care how successful yeah. the, the restaurant is. And so that's, I think, why so many are, are truly struggling. It's not like they had a huge bank of, of money in, you know, that they could do. But, you know, those that have really shifted to do, you know, different things are the ones that are coming through this. And I think we're going to say, hey, I like this. You know, yeah, I might go out to a restaurant for something fun, but it's just as great to be able to go and get it and, and bring it back home and still be in my my sweats and T-shirt and, and have a great meal. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's difficult for these restaurants or really any business, you know, mm-hmm. restaurants, I think, get a lot of the, the publicity because they're forward facing. Mm-hmm. But companies like ours are in the background, the PR agencies, right. and nobody even talks about them because they're mm-hmm. not even aware. But mm-hmm. any business, you can't have 20% of the revenue coming in of right. what normally is if you're, you mm-hmm. know, in case if in a lot of areas, you're 20% capacity, mm-hmm. you can't take an 80% drop in revenue right. and be sustainable, especially mm-hmm. with mar- restaurants because their margins are so small. Like mm-hmm. the m- amount of profit they make mm-hmm. is not enough to sustain them. So right. it's a very difficult situation. Mm-hmm. So in their case, particularly they have to pivot. I've known, mm-hmm. gosh, in my town, there's some restaurants that have actually expanded you know, mm-hmm. they've really adopted this right? and they, and they're actually growing and they're, you know, expanding the kitchen, going mm-hmm. to new areas. And they're the ones that are really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thriving. Right. The ones that are just struggling are, are the ones that are just kind of stuck mm-hmm. in their own ways. Yeah. They, they were waiting for people to be able to come back and, and sit inside. Yeah. And it's like, no, you know, and, and I mean, of course, unfortunately now that we're going into winter, that's going to cause a, an entirely different problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting, but you know, we, we talked about limited cash flow as as being an issue. What yeah. are some other red flags that businesses need to be watching to make you know to know? Oh, we might be in trouble. Yeah. So the the cash is definitely the first thing to look at. So when the mm-hmm. pandemic hit, first thing I did was I went through my credit card statements and say, okay, what can I renegotiate? Right. You know, in some cases, mm-hmm. I called up and said. Uh, like my web hosting provider. Mm-hmm. I said, do you have any benefits for COVID? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're actually discounting for two months. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, the least they're going to tell you is no. Yeah, uh, some in some areas actually paid more. So mm-hmm. QuickBooks mm-hmm. Uh, is on their monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. I said, look, I'm going to use this all year anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to switch that to annual. And mm-hmm. so I went through and really just started there. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing you want to do. But really the two red flags mm-hmm. is cash and really to keep it simple, mm-hmm. how much is coming in? And when is it coming in? Mm. So the how much is your mm-hmm. profitability? And so, like I said, there's two ways to affect mm-hmm. that. Bring in more money. So mm-hmm. get new clients and go back mm-hmm. to past clients like we talked right. about, mm-hmm. you know, wherever you can get more revenue in mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, reduce your costs. Mm-hmm. So, which I just hit on a minute ago. So renegotiate, uh, you know, uh, see if you can mm-hmm. uh, get uh, discount pricing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's the first one, which is uh, the amount, mm-hmm. uh, how much. When is your cash flow? 
Mm-hmm. And so cash flow, you want to delay what's going out. Mm-hmm. So see if you can renegotiate, mm-hmm. you know, having payment turns extended, et cetera, and then expedite what's mm-hmm. coming in. Mm-hmm. So call up your clients, make sure you're getting paid on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've always done with my agency, which I learned again from the corporate world, is you p- bill in advance. Mm-hmm. A lot of people bill after or they'll bill right. six, you know, mm-hmm. some industrial companies don't get paid for six months, you know, mm-hmm. a year after they bank the thing, which mm-hmm. is a huge cash crunch, especially mm-hmm. in times like this. So look and say, okay, can I get paid in advance? Mm-hmm. That little thing will give you another 30 days of revenue. It's like, right. that's like another, that's mm-hmm. like almost 10% growth mm-hmm. right there. If you look at it over the right. course of the year. Mm-hmm. And so you want to look at those two key things. Mm-hmm. So how much, which is profitability, cash flow, when is it coming in? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's all about communication with with people. You know, you talk about when you invoice, maybe you used to invoice on the last day of the month. Okay, now you're going to invoice still maybe on the last day of the month, but you tell them, hey, you know what? I'll give you a 10% discount if you pay by the 15th. You know, and and so, you know, just little things like that, because yeah, you're taking a little bit of a hit, but you're getting the money more quickly. Correct. Yeah. Time is so critical. It's mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't think about the time value of money, mm-hmm. but that's really a key thing because mm-hmm. when you have that money, you can reinvest it, you can pay off debt, et cetera. And so mm-hmm. the timing is probably more important than the amount, which is why it makes sense to discount mm-hmm. in many cases. Right. You know, and, and it, it is interesting because like I said, you know, we're, we're not going back to normal and putting that in my fun little air quotes mm-hmm. um, because I think so many people a, a, a small and large business. I mean, it'd be interesting. And there's probably this stat out there. I mean, you know, back in March, everybody went to work from home. I mean, you know, unless you were a, a brick and mortar place where people, you know, and even if people weren't coming into you, you still, you know, say you're Walmart, you still had people in the store working all of those things. But, um, you know, and, and, but I wonder now what it is, how many people are still working from home? And I'm guessing it's still a, a big majority of, of things. And, and, you know, as uh, from a business perspective, that gets challenging, you know, yeah. because we don't always have the right equipment, you know, all of those various things. But, you know, what are some other things that you can talk about that that make a home business successful? Yeah. So thankfully I move, it's kind of funny uh, because I, my business, my agency was in Rhode Island. Mm. I live in Connecticut uh-huh. and I honestly hated going there. I go mm-hmm. there once or two days a week. Mm-hmm. I was like, this stinks. So back in October, mm-hmm. I actually made the shift to remote work. So I okay. did it well in advance. And essentially mm-hmm. we were remote before that because mm-hmm. no one wanted to go to the office. Right. So I'm just and and with what you do, yeah, yeah, virtual work's perfect. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I, I made this call a long time ago. So we are well ahead of the curve. So mm-hmm. the, the critical things you want to focus on for working remote is a communication. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I did was increase the amount uh, communication mm-hmm. I had with my team. So meeting in the morning via Zoom, meeting mm-hmm. in the afternoon vi- via Zoom. You also have to ha- have good systems mm-hmm. set up. So you, and this is a basic thing for any business, but mm-hmm. a lot of small business owners, especially at the gates, don't have systems in place. Mm-hmm. So make sure you have documented processes, mm-hmm. checklists, you know, checklist manifesto is a great book. Mm-hmm. Or if you look at the Michael Gerber books, mm-hmm. you know, on E-Myth, et cetera, he talks a lot about that, but you want to have really good processes. And then mm-hmm accountability. You want to make sure you have accountability. So mm-hmm. what you don't want to do is do what, <laughs> I mean, it's, it seems like it's a trend now, but like surveillance, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the, I'm going to watch my employees and have video right. cameras. I'm going to, or I'm going to put the keystroke counter thingy. Yeah. In. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bad idea. Cause that, no. if you ruin yeah. trust, mm-hmm. you got nothing. Mm-hmm. And so what you're better off doing is holding your employees accountable, just mm-hmm. like your clients would. Mm-hmm. And that is for the results. Right. So yeah. What results are they doing? You get so, it done at midnight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I used to always tell my team, look, if you get something done in advance, mm-hmm. then, you know, take the rest of the day off. Right. It doesn't matter to me. Like yeah. get, sitting get, there staring at your computer right. screen just because you think I'm going to make you. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the whole idea of working for a specified hours is mm-hmm. going to be changed hopefully through this mm-hmm. and people are going to work more f- for the results. Right. So that means delivering what you say you're going to deliver. Mm-hmm. If you get done early, great. You know, mm-hmm. move on to something else or, you know, stop working mm-hmm. or whatever. But that's, I think you have to have, mm-hmm. but to do that, you have to have the systems in place. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that way you can hold people accountable. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't hold people accountable. Right. Okay. The they still have to so do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with mm-hmm. my agency, we actually moved to a point based system. Mm-hmm. So points. So instead of clients mm-hmm. paying 
a specified amount for mm-hmm. whatever you're going to just get the service, that service, mm-hmm. et cetera. Instead, we had a point system, mm-hmm. which the client would pay for points that they mm-hmm. could then distribute across any area. Mm-hmm. But then likewise, the employees could be accountable to the point system. Mm-hmm. So right. we can know how many points. So that way there's a correlation between what they actually deliver mm-hmm. and what the what the clients receive. And that's right. a good way to understand their value and also how you can bonus them and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. You know, and, and you mentioned having the processes and having yeah. them written down. Yeah. Um, you know, that's it, it's funny. That's something we should always have, but we've yeah. gotten away from that. Um, you know, we should always know that if we're doing Project X, here are the steps that it takes to do that. Because pandemic aside, people took vacations, people quit, people passed away, people got sick, you know, all those various things. And of course, it was big job security if nobody knew what little part you yeah. did. But that's not job security. That's just, no. you know, it, it, it might be job security, but no, you know, don't, don't do that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, even, you know, even if it's a small thing, like, you know, I do this, then I send this email. I do this, then I, you know, it, because if you haven't done it yourself, you're not going to know those steps, um, you know, and so it's always good just to have that down. And then it could be that, that you can easily, you know, in, in some cases go through and go, Ooh, what if we did this, then this and skip that part or, you know, all those things. And so you can be improving your processes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, the processes. Mm-hmm. And I've always found you actually can scale better mm-hmm. when you have the processes. So right. one of the things I learned as an employee, because when I first started, I honestly had that mindset. It's like, because I knew SEO. I was like the only one that knew SEO. Right. So you weren't going to train anybody how to do right, it. Right. Which mm-hmm. is why I was getting into be these big uh-huh. companies, Ford mm-hmm. and all these, you know, uh, AutoNation, mm-hmm. whatever. It was because I knew this. A lot of people didn't. But then I started having so much work, I couldn't handle it. Right. Like, yeah. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So then I, I totally shifted the other way and mm-hmm. said, look, I'm going to teach everyone everything mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. And that was actually what enabled me to rise mm-hmm. higher and higher to the mm-hmm. point where I got to meet, you know, work with the CEO mm-hmm. of a Fortune 500 right. company. Mm-hmm. And so you're always better off letting go. Don't hold mm-hmm. tightly to things. Let go and mm-hmm. distribute. And it's the same thing with like the manifesto. Mm-hmm. I put my best stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not right. like, holding it back. Yeah, you you um, gave it away. Give it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the more you can give, the better mm-hmm. it, it will be for you, for yourself. Right. You know, and let's talk about giving um, because one of the things that, that you are a very firm believer in is what you call positive change. Yes. Um, you know, and I loved looking on your website because for you, you know, one, and, and, you know, I, I love this, a big part of being successful is being able to give back. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so talk to us more about why that's so important. And, you know, at, at any scale, I mean, you know, maybe it's that you do go buy a box of Girl Scout cookies, yeah. or maybe you donate a million dollars to build, you know, a, a new building. But, you know, talk to us about why you think it's so important for businesses to, to do what you call positive change. Yeah. So, I mean, a basic premise is you you give and you'll receive. And that's mm-hmm. across so many, you know, faiths. It's not even funny, but, mm-hmm. you know, as a Christian, that's definitely one of the key mm-hmm. parts of my life is to give because when you give, you re- you receive. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you do it for receiving. You do it mm-hmm. because you, I mean, for me, there's so many benefits, but you mm-hmm. feel good about yourself when you impact someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so much, I mean, you could buy another sports car mm-hmm. but what a, what impact does it have mm-hmm. if you get so you know some child in you know a, we happen to give a lot of money into africa mm-hmm. you know what if you give someone that doesn't even have a meal mm-hmm. something what kind of impact does that right. have so the question is do you have want to have an impact in your mm-hmm. life or you want to just be self-serving mm-hmm. and i choose to make an impact because what's the point of any <laughs> what's right. the point of life if you're not impacting it comes others? back to you can't take it with you yeah, you can't. Mm-hmm. So why why do it? So that's mm-hmm. why I try to give in many different areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. things are tighter than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do what you can, mm-hmm. but you know it's it's always been a passion to mm-hmm. kind of to connect it to. And also from an employment perspective, mm-hmm. you want to have uh, employees that support you. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a, a vision and mission and purpose mm-hmm. bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. that's something that other people can get behind. Right. You know, there's always been that joke. Uh, where the uh, the driver, you know, the um, the boss of the company drives mm-hmm. up in the Lamborghini, mm-hmm. and they, he says, "Hey, you know, if you work hard, you know, someday you'll, you know, I'll, maybe next year, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be able to get w- another one of these." Mm-hmm. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. How, what kind of motivation is that for right. people? Right. Yeah. So, I'm like, uh, do I care? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you have to have a mission, mm-hmm. and I think a mission that's bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. and also it sees it sees you through the hard times. Mm-hmm. So right. if you are working just for money mm-hmm. and you hit a, a low point, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're going to be crushed depression. Right. I mean, there's mm-hmm. also, I mean, there's just mm-hmm. a major 
CEO uh, of, you know, Zappos, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I forget his last name, but Tony. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I mean, he, he had, had it all. He had it all. And didn't. Not, yeah. He just, he died actually not too far from where I live. He mm-hmm. died. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he sold the company, he lost his purpose, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to judge him one way or the other, what, no. whatever happened. But the point is you want to have a purpose mm-hmm. that's bigger than you because mm-hmm. God, God forbid, if everything gets wiped away, mm-hmm. how are you going to sustain yourself right. through that? And so right. giving is another way mm-hmm. to help make things bigger than your, right. yourself. Yeah. You know, and it, obviously each person has a different scale. You know, we're not saying, you know, that, that you should, you know, only be driving, you know, the, the 20 year old car and, no. you know, because, you know, it, it yeah, we want to feel good too. Sure. Um, you know, and, and, but it, it is something, you know, give back what you can, um, yeah. you know, and, and in some cases it, it really is just you, uh, you know, it's, it's been hard, especially because we can't go and physically volunteer, right now. Um, but there are still so many things that, that you could be doing, even if you're not writing that check, you know, to, to be able to help out, um, yeah. you know, and, 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 and I think a lot of people think, well, it, it takes a lot of money. No, it doesn't. I mean, sometimes $20 makes, yeah. makes a big difference, it does. Um, you know, and, and so, or, you know, you're, you're driving along, you've been through the drive through and you see the guy on the street corner that doesn't have a meal. Okay. Give him your Big Mac. <laughs> you yeah. know, you you can go home and make yourself a sandwich, or you can go back through and get yourself another Big Mac. But you know, it's you know. It, well, it's it, amazing. That's one of the lessons my my I give my wife credit for this. She thought of this, but we always we have um, up. In, I'm in the Northeast. Dunkin' Donuts is pretty popular up here. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. like Starbucks too. But uh, one of the things we do is we buy gift cards, five dollar right. gift cards, mm-hmm. and our kids mm-hmm. will you know will literally. Mm-hmm spot people that are homeless and they're uh-huh. like, pull over, pull over. Right. We'll put that mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and they'll hand out the card. So right. we're actually teaching our kids at a mm-hmm. very young age to be mm-hmm. givers. And it's great because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll be like, they're all on the way on the other side of the road. Mm-hmm. I want to pull over. And they mm-hmm. like push me. And they're like, no, we're turning yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's mm-hmm. amazing. Right. Yeah. You know, because we, we all hesitate to give cash. I mean, yeah. you know, for a variety of reasons, Yes. but um, yeah, one of the things, and, and I'll be honest, I, this is one of those that I always think, Ooh, that looks good. And then <clears throat> I haven't done it. Um, the little bag. So it's like a Ziploc bag and it's got like, now it would be good to have a pair of gloves in there. Um, a, you know, a, a little uh, a mask. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, you know, a gift card to say McDonald's, Starbucks, yeah. you know, something like that, so that you know that what they're getting isn't, you know, in, in many cases, some of them might be using if yes. they got cash, you know, to, to buy something that that they might not be, um, you know, and, and, you know, just a variety of things. I mean, like one of the things that I've seen is, you know, if you are seeing a lot of, of women, well, you know, maybe some sanitary products. I mean, you yeah. know, I hate to bring that up, but that's, you know, one yeah. of those things. Sure. And yeah. And so it's just, so you've gone through, you've made these little Ziploc bags, you know, you can easily toss them, you know, not be careful throwing <laughs> them out, but, um, you know, and, and I, I always, you know, we sometimes have, you know, little, little, bags of dog food in the car that we see, you know, and, and we give out when we see somebody who's, who's, you know, standing there and, and, um, you know, has a, a pet with them. So, yeah, I mean, it's little things like yeah. that. And then, yeah, you know, if you can do something big, that's great too. But, you know, it, it is something and, and especially now, because yeah. we're all, I, you know, I tell people it's the Corona crankies, um, you know, so, so whatever we can do, it, yeah, it's going to make them feel better, but we'll be honest. It makes us feel better too. Oh yeah, there's there's nothing like the you know the feeling you get after giving mm-hmm. something to somebody. I remember in being on the streets of Boston with my son, mm-hmm. and we got a big grinder. And he's like, you know, can we give half of it to this mm-hmm. homeless person? Because we mm-hmm. kind of both felt bad because we walked by him. Here we are getting because we're going. I to know. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Little, and mm-hmm. it's like, uh, so we turned around, and gave it to him, and then that was something. Again, my son mm-hmm. never forgot. I I still remember mm-hmm. it today. And it's right. like those things like that really make an impact. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times the smaller things make a bigger impact because right. you're touching an individual. Mm-hmm. When you're just giving at a corporate level right. something big, mm-hmm. you don't really see the end mm-hmm. result as much as giving it to someone. Mm-hmm. So you know, point is, do something small. Mm-hmm. Take that small step, just like mm-hmm. I talked about before. Right. You know, it's not about doing the big things; mm-hmm. it's taking small steps, and it's mm-hmm. really about diligence, doing it mm-hmm. repeatedly, like the habits you have. That's mm-hmm. really what is going to determine mm-hmm. how far and where where you go. Right. I love it. Well, oh my gosh, Tony, we are at the top of the hour. We could continue. You know, I tell people, this is why I set a timer <laughs> because we could just keep going. Um, but tell people how they find you and and connect with you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you want to hear more stories and, and get an example, free templates, like I said, I put the best mm-hmm. stuff I have mm-hmm. from my book in this manifesto. All you do is go to smallstepsmanifesto.com. You can download it. If you want to connect with me personally, just go to my um, website, meettonyg.com. You scroll all the way to the bottom and you can get to me on social media. LinkedIn is probably the best place you mm-hmm. know, from a from business perspective. Great. You're not going to make people spell your last name. <laughs> no, no. Me, Tony G, I picked that up a while ago because I didn't want to have anyone suffer through that pain mm-hmm. of trying to spell it out. <laughs> I know your six kids are still like, how do we spell this? <laughs> we're going to be stuck in, yeah, we're going to be stuck in kindergarten for a while until we yeah, figure they, out. they can't spell it to, to get out of there. So, well, Tony, this really has been great. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Oh, gosh. You know what? you mentioned this before, but we really only have three main resources, our time, money, and effort. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I go back to slow down to speed up. So if the one thing that's central to all this is you Mm -hmm. want to slow down, speed up, you know, if you can use my strategic plan, Mm -hmm. if you don't want to find something else, but the point is write down what you want to accomplish because you Mm -hmm. can't accomplish something until you define what it is. And that's really where you want to start. So Mm -hmm. go out there, make it simple. Don't do something too complicated and just take action. That's the case. So you got to know what to do, how to do it, and then take action. If you do those three things, you're going to accomplish whatever you want to do in life. Perfect. I love it. Well, this really has been so much fun and and I can't wait to do it again. But until then, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a great conversation with Tony Guarnaccia. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.